Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Russ Cordell. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's wonderful to be with you again this morning. Very, very special day. And uh, I am honored uh, to be able to provide this message and share and honor uh, our mothers on Mother's Day once again. I'm very thankful for those that were in the house this morning. We have some moms here today, and uh, they are sacrificing their time and their ministry to be here and minister in song to you. So for uh, Sister Andrea and Sister uh, Brittany and Sister Missy, thank you very much uh, for being here. And happy Mother's Day to all of you and to our special moms uh, who are here also and moms-to-be and so forth. Um, it is a, a wonderful time today to be able to share this with you. It's a, a, um, and, I, and I just really, I, I'm going to take today, I, I, I felt like I didn't want to necessarily pre- traditionally preach a, a Mother's Day message this year, particularly in the, the strange situation we find ourselves in, and it's a particularly different type of a, a Mother's Day uh, era right now. And, and so I simply just want to share a devotion with you this morning, if you want to call it that. I'm going to title it, I'm, I'm Thankful for the Moms, uh, honoring our Abundant Life Moms uh, specifically. Uh, I'm Thankful for the Moms. Uh, you know, it's, it's typically part of our culture at Abundant Life uh, year after year. It's something that uh, uh, brother and sister Kylie established in culture uh, many, many years ago and have carried through. And of course, I've learned uh, that here in my many years at Abundant Life that, that, we, honor, that we honor not just the moms, the moms that have children, uh, but that we have a, a lot of different types of moms in the family of God. And uh, maybe not what we would call traditional moms, uh, but that's okay because in the kingdom of God, uh, all of these roles are very special and maybe different uh, than what society or tradition would want to uh, communicate. And so we honor that not all moms in the family of God are what some might call traditional moms per se. And even some traditional moms may have some challenges with today uh, for many reasons. And of course, we know that there are moms that are grieving uh, moms that have had challenges uh, within the family over the years and, and have, have tackled those with honor and dignity. And sometimes Mother's Day is a challenge, uh, just uh, remembering some of those things. And so we want to be very delicate and special and, and uh, appreciative and honoring of those moms uh, that are working through today. So we celebrate, uh, honor, and we send our love to the diversity of all the moms we have at Abundant Life this morning. And certainly for those of you that have joined us that are outside of our membership, guests and and family members and and folks that have tagged in on our feeds, our Facebook and YouTube, uh, we honor you today too. And so I just wanna give uh, just a little bit of time this morning. And I know there's lots of family members looking forward to getting together uh, with with mom at their home today or maybe a special event uh, with just the family, of course, under certain constraints that we have. Um, And so I will not belabor, but I want to be very poignant and I want to be very honoring today. Uh, Traditionally, we would invoke, uh, for example, if I did 
preach or, or if, if Bishop Kiley would preach, uh, I, we would invoke maybe one of the many amazing mothers of the Bible. There's, there's so many tremendous examples and over the years you learn of these wonderful mothers. And I, I, I thought of just a few examples. I'm not gonna preach about them, but I do wanna bring them to mind. I want you to be in the mind of, uh, of these amazing women of the Bible and the tremendous leadership that they provided, the honoring of God that they provided and, and the wonderful lessons that we learn from them as we go and we honor our mothers today. For example, Sarah, the wife of Abraham, uh, she waited for over 25 years for God to fulfill uh, her promise to give her a son. Sarah was barren, and uh, she was quite old in years when she bore her, her son. And, and uh, just a tremendous amount of faith. God promised that they would be the parents of many nations. Abraham, of course, the father of many nations. Uh, and she waited faithfully for 25 years for God to answer her prayer. And of course, uh, she was very honorable uh, in that. Wasn't always perfect, uh, but of course, uh, she's human and uh, uh, represented God's will uh, the best of her ability. I think of Rebecca, the wife of Isaac, uh, a woman of incredible faith, uh, faced with a challenge, two sons, and, and, and just in tune with the will of God that, of course, Jacob would be the one that would have to receive the blessing. And of course, we know he eventually became Israel and was the father of God's special nation, the, the Israelites, the Jewish people. I think of Jochebed, the mother of Moses. Here's a woman who under decree of the law was required to essentially allow her son, her firstborn son, to be murdered, to be killed because of the decree of the government at that time. And so in order to save him, uh, she had to put together herself a little basket of papyrus and pitch and tar and take her baby. Imagine this example to take your infant, your, your innocent child, helpless, put him in a basket and float him down the river. Well, she was very wise in that process and that she took Mary, Miriam, Moses' older sister, eventually would be, uh, would be uh, called Moses, uh, his older sister Miriam and said, watch and see where the basket goes. And of course, Miriam was diligent in that process and, and watched as, the, as the, the little basket floated down the river right to where uh, the, uh, the uh, princess of Egypt, the, excuse me, the queen of Egypt, or excuse me, the Pharaoh's daughter, uh, sorry, um, picked the basket out of the water and immediately Miriam knew to run to her and say, pretend and say, well, I, I see you've got this baby. Do you, do you want me to go and run and get an Egyptian mother, or excuse me, a, an Israelite mother to nurse the child? And of course, the, the, uh, um, the, you know the rest of the story that that was the, the order that was given. And she went back to Jochebed and said, hey, I've got this opportunity. Not only are you going to get to nurse and raise your infant child that you just put into the water and floated into danger, but you're going to get paid for it and taken care of for it. So until a time when, when Moses was old enough uh, to go and be a part of the household of Pharaoh, his own mother got to raise him. And so what faith, what courage, what tremendous courage that Jochebed showed. I think of Hannah, the mother of Samuel, the prophet. Again, uh, another woman. And so many of these powerful women in scripture, if you go through and study them, you'll find out many of them started out in a barren state. They were not able to have children. And again and again and again, example after example, they weren't able to have children. And, and somehow in that process, that, that aspect of, of their state, it was, and at that time it was a shame on women. It was, it was assumed that they had been in sin or had done something wrong, that they could not bear children. And so uh, here Hannah is an honorable woman. Her husband loves her very, uh, Penina loves her very much. Uh, as a matter of fact, he says, aren't I enough? Can't you just love me and not worry about having 
kids, well, of course, the, the, the desire and, and, and the need and that natural instinct that's built within many uh, moms-to-be, she desperately wanted a child, and so she dedicates uh, that if God gives her a child, she'll dedicate him to his service forever. And of course, we know that Samuel is then born and, uh, and she turns him over uh, to uh, Eli and, and raises him and dedicates him to the service of God and very faithful. Imagine that challenge. Imagine what that must have been like. So with all of those great examples, and I won't, as I said, I won't go in and preach about them this year, uh, just some thoughts, maybe some that you'd want to look up and maybe do a little bit of study on them and, and see they're very human people and, and they were prone to errors and mistakes. Uh, I, I think of Hagar, uh, the servant, uh, she, she was drawn into a situation that she didn't ask for, but she was faithful. She was the mother uh, that just, it was thrust on her as a servant. She was given over and told to just uh, do what she's commanded to do, and she was faithful, and, and, uh, and she had a really tough uh, decision to make and take her child and leave into the wilderness. And of course, we know a whole nation of other people uh, were born out of uh, the relationship with Hagar. So, Definitely go and take some time. Study these women. They're, they're, they're human, just like you, they're, uh, but faithful. And although uh, their challenges were tough, and, and as I said, 25 years waiting for God's promise to come, but Sarah received her son. Uh, re- tremendous stories. But today, I thought it would, be, it would be great in this particular sort of different Mother's Day environment to focus on the great representations of all the moms that we have right here at Abundant Life and the great reflection of Christian character and strength and courage and dedication they reflect. And I have a purpose in that. And that is because as we go through this process and we're broadcasting our message, I'd like our community, I would like people to know, I would like your relatives that may be tagging in and and listening in on our our Facebook, I would like them to know and understand uh, what an an amazing group of powerful women faithful women that we have here at Abundant Life and the work that they do and how they honor God every day in, uh, in their ministries and so forth. Sometimes we refer to them in the church as the Proverbs 31 moms. And uh, you could preach uh, several messages out of the 31 verses of Proverbs 31. It's an incredible uh, passage talking about a god- godly mother's um, I would recommend this though, uh, study it, study Proverbs 31, go there and spend a little time there today, um, but it, even just to help out a little bit, maybe uh, pick a, a different version, maybe a, the ESV version, something that's just a little bit easier to read. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of language there, King James Version language there that's very good and it's wonderful, but as you read the translations or the more modernization of those words, you'll see again just how powerful it is and, and how culturally applicable it is even today. Uh, But I will read this one scripture, Proverbs 31, uh, 28 and 29 says this. It says, her children rise up. And again, I'm thinking this, and this is a reflection of what I see. I've been at Abundant Life now for for 22 years in some form of ministry or other. I've served under Bishop Kiley and his wife. And I give honor today, by the way, to Sister Kiley. Uh, I'm not going to mention many specific names in my message this morning, um, but I will mention our bishop's wife, who is part of this 40-year ministry, the foundation, the culture that we have here, the women, the strong and powerful and faithful women that we have in our church is a direct reflection of our bishop's wife, who has been a tremendous woman of ministry and work and support uh, in in her own right, a minister in many ways, uh, but also 
pretty much a mom to us all. And those of you that can't see it, there's a lot of nodding going on in the room this morning as I'm looking across these folks. Uh, And she's been a mom to us all, certainly to me. uh, Many years has taken me under her wing, treated me like a son. Of course, her son is, is one of my best friends in the world. And so I give special honor to the bishop's wife today, uh, Sister Kylie, and all that she has done in establishing this culture and helping to raise up wonderful, wonderful ladies and moms and teaching them and training them in her own way. Uh, Proverbs 31 and uh, 28 says, her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. And that's a translation of Proverbs 31, 28 and 29. So first and foremost, as I mentioned, we've, we've got special kinds of moms in our church uh, community, in our church family. Uh, they just exude Christian character and, and God's love exists very powerfully within the ladies of this church in all generations. Uh, we have our someday moms, as I like to call them, uh, the ones that are hopeful. We have our special anti-moms. Uh, they're not moms yet, or maybe that's not in their future, but maybe they've got a sister or a brother with children. I think of a couple of examples. Uh, we, we even had a little discussion here this morning about that, who love those, those nieces and nephews and teach and train them and are part of that process, showing them Christian character and love, supporting their moms and dads and, and watching them babysitting and all those different things types of things. Uh, we have church moms. They're just here and they just go about and do everything they can to nurture and care for. They're always looking for someone to take care of and someone to bake something for or, or uh, do wonderful and nice things for. Uh, we have uh, grieving moms. Uh, unfortunately, that's true and that will always be true. We'll always have grieving mothers with us uh, that have experienced loss, perhaps prior to childbirth. Uh, perhaps after some time childbirth, maybe uh, perhaps in adulthood, uh, they were lost for one reason or another. I know of examples here in our own church body. And, uh, and we grieve with them, and that will never go away. Uh, that will never not be a part of who they are, uh, that missing place in their hearts. And so uh, those moms, we need to, to specially embrace and love and care for, uh, because that will always be the case for them. But in God's grace, being sufficient for them as well. I've seen those moms stand up strong and bear that burden and continue to love and to raise and to nurture uh, the children and the family members of Abundant Life. And I think that's a beautiful and wonderful thing. I I think of our Sunday school moms, our our grandmas, our grandmoms, if you will, uh, who uh, just do their very best. They may have children of their own. They may have their own uh, challenges and busy schedules, but take the time uh, to invest in, in our little ones, uh, from, from the little teeny tots all the way up to our teen group uh, and on into even adult ministries. Um, taking the time, uh, preparing lessons, preparing uh, to instill them with the word of God and, and the virtues and, and the wonderful principles of the word of God, and I'm so very thankful for that. Um, all of this working towards teaching and protecting and loving and impacting the lives of the generations before them. And uh, that is a wonderful gift that we have here at Abundant Life. And I honor that today. I honor all of you that have dedicated that way. Um, it is, it's very difficult. If, if you've got a couple of children and they're small and they're toddlers and then you've got, a, you've got a Sunday school class or another ministry you're involved in, you've got to make sure that you're taking care of what's going on with them and it's, at the same time get to be the work that you're doing there. Perhaps you work outside the home also. Uh, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of dedication. But you know what? I see it. I see it every day. 
uh, in, in the ministries of our church. I've seen it for years and I've been so thankful of, of the women and the moms who've taken on those roles and worked so diligently and faithfully for the kingdom. And you'll be very blessed for that. Proverbs 31 and 26 says, she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. I believe that more so from any other source uh, for these young people and children, it's our mothers, it's moms who have the soft touch. It's moms who have the soft heart, the tender heart. They have such wisdom that they've learned because I think ladies tend to be such serial thinkers. They're operating in so many different realms and patterns all at the same time. And, And us guys, we tend to be very linear thinkers. We're just sort of, you know, in one direction. And so moms balance and juggle all of these things. Ladies have just a tremendous ability to balance all of that. But in the course of time, just gathering the wisdom of what they've seen from the generations before them, uh, gathering the wisdom of their personal experiences and taking hold of that, uh, and therefore then passing that on just naturally. Uh, it's something that God's built within them uh, to naturally just share that, and that's what Proverbs thirty-one twenty-six is saying. Uh, and of course, then the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. And so without that balance to, to the way men are, we're sort of like cave people and we're very linear thinkers and we're about the daily business and the work and, and we love our children and we do our part to provide, uh, but there's a balance that God created in the nuclear family. And only certain things, I believe, come from our wonderful moms. So I'm, th- I'm very thankful for these moms here at Abundant Life. I think some of them, uh, I, I think of specific examples just right in our own groups. Uh, they love their children uh, we have here. Uh, they pray for them. They pray with them. I see that all the time in our special events, our altar call ministries, our Sunday school ministries, praying over these little ones. Uh, some help to teach. Uh, overall, they show a true love of Christian of a real Christian mom, regardless of their current status. And I know that there's been some moms that have been challenged and struggled and have different, different uh, obstacles in life, but I've never seen it stop the ladies, uh, the women, and the moms of this church, and never seen it stop them from reaching out and blessing another child or being a part of a ministry that helps to raise and, and, and teach and instill these wonderful things in our children. That's a tremendous gift. It's a tremendous, wonderful gift that we've been given. And I'm very thankful for that. And I honor you all for that this morning. We are so very fortunate, as I said, to have a culture and a tradition where this kind of love and devotion to to our kids exists. And again, I attribute that uh, primarily to our, our founding mom, Sister Kylie. And then, of course, all those who've taken up her teaching and have followed her example throughout the years and have passed that on to the, to the generations before. I personally think of, of uh, my wife and I coming up. Of course, I was a Sunday school teacher. I was a youth pastor here. Um, and uh, working with the, the children of the moms of this church as well. It was so neat to see children come to our classes. And you can tell that, that they're being loved at home. And they're being instilled with Christian values. They're being trained uh, to, to respect and honor the word of God. Uh, the faith that would come from our children and from these little ones that we were teaching and the teens that we were teaching, it was clear that there was no question in their mind that faith was instilled in them. A belief in the word of God was instilled in them. And that was an honor and that was a reflection of you as as parents and as moms who had had built that into your children. Uh, And so again, just amazing. And as we would minister to them and share with them, they would minister to us. And it was always a blessing to be a part of that. 
Secondly, we do have our, of course, we have our traditional moms with children, and uh, um, we have, we are a growing and flourishing church, and I think it's something we can never let get past us, that um, we have a, we have multiple generations represented here at our church, and uh, we have a great future ahead of us. Lots and lots of little ones. We have a burgeoning Sunday school class. We have wonderful young families who are bringing up their little ones in the honor and tradition of God and his word. Uh, and that just tells me that, that we've got a lot of future ahead of us. And, uh, and that's exciting. But we have, uh, for those particular moms with children, I think about them. I do pray for all of our families, of course. Uh, but th- there are days, I, I think, in, in today's culture, in the modern culture that they live in, uh, there's, there's sort of those modern culture moms and the traditional moms. And it's hard, uh, it's very difficult for ladies in the church who, who, who in a way want to embrace that very traditional biblical approach, uh, but at the same time live in a modern cultural world. Now the shame that I think that exists is that for some reason, society, parts of society just want to create an either or scenario all the time. Um, it's either got to be this way or that way, and the two always have to be enemies with one another. In other words, if you haven't embraced this modern trajectory of, of the new woman, and, and you're, you're all about career, and et cetera, et cetera, and, and you know, doing all of that stuff, and you believe that, and then you have over here, you have a, a, a mom that just wants to be a traditional mom, maybe more of a biblical mom, maybe that stay at home, maybe, maybe a, a, a homeschooling mom, etc. And for some reason, there has to be a, a, a disparity between the two or some sort of a combat. And I believe that, I believe that um, we can have all aspects of that. It should be a very personal decision for each family. It should be a very personal and private decision that they should be able to make. And we can, we can appreciate all of that. And we don't have to be enemies when we disagree on something. And you've heard me preach that before many times from this pulpit. There's just that pressure all the time, it seems, it comes from from worldly culture that says, well, if you disagree with me, you're you're my enemy. And I I have to fight against you. And that's not true. We can embrace these multiple roles. And so I think about our moms with children today who have to make these decisions and have to operate uh, in, in this world that creates that disparity. Uh, moms that are working, that are professional moms, uh, sometimes they're guilted. They're, they're looked at and they feel guilty and they'd struggle with this idea they're doing something wrong because they're working in the professional world and maybe, maybe they're not giving their children everything uh, that they need a stay-at-home mom would get, for example. That's not true. And I don't think it's fair. I think it's the time that you spend with them and what you do when you're with, with them. And there are many studies, by the way, and statistical studies that show that there is excellent development and excellent uh, um, raising of children in both modes. There does not have to be a decisive one way or the other. And so I think of, of Proverbs 31, 31 says, honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring praise at the city gate. All of her works can be honored. And so whatever decision that moms make uh, should be honored because we know that they're working hard to make up for any lost time. If they're at work and the kids are at school and they meet up afterwards, they're making up for that. We see that right here in our church body. I don't see any disparate difference between the children of mothers that are working and, and giving and providing in the professional world versus those that have chosen a more traditional role. And that's, an, that's an, a testament to, to you ladies and to you moms that said, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna make sure that my children are raised in the tradition of faith and, and God, God, respecting God and God's word. 
Society just pushes hard in one direction or the other sometimes and it, it doesn't have to be that way. And so I honor today uh, moms that have made a choice and have made a decision and stand for that choice, stand for the principles that they have decided for their homes, for their children and for their families and yet overcome those challenges because at the same time, homeschool moms face their own particular guilts and criticism and challenges. You, your kids aren't getting social time, et cetera, et cetera. You're, you're not doing anything to support the family or whatever, whatever nonsense that they come up with in, in these, these critical negative tones, simply not true. And again, we have wonderful evidence of moms who've done a terrific job. They've made their choice for their family. They've decided what is best for them and they are continuing to instill in them God's principles, God's word, and loving their children and raising up some terrific kids. We have, we have some awesome, awesome young people here from just the little ones that are quoting scriptures and, and are praying and praising at our altars and, and, our, and our teens that are, are just honorable and respectful and doing such a wonderful job. They're working, going to school and, and dealing with all the things they have to deal with that are going on outside in our, in our society today. But I see them armored I see them covered in prayer, anointed by their mother's love. And, uh, and, and God's covering them because of moms, because of what you do and what you instill in them. Stay-at-home moms versus professional working moms uh, really have no major difference in, in, in what I was just saying. Uh, Pew Research shows that while 71% of moms do work outside of the home, 29% are staying home. And that number is growing. It's grown by 6% uh, since 1999. And so there's even a societal push outside of just the church environment where moms are saying they're they're wanting to enjoy and they're wanting to partake in the more of the traditional mom role and staying at home. And again, it's just interesting because it's kind of bringing it back into some kind of a balance. Um, and, I, and I, I'm thinking examples of, of stay-at-home moms that we have here, the moms at home school. It's very challenging. It's very, and many of you that are stuck in the COVID-19 process right now and have children are experiencing what it is to be a homeschool mom for the first time ever uh, in some cases. And you recognize how really very difficult it is. Uh, moms that stay at home and are homeschooling, you're with them, well, pretty much 24-7. And, uh, and that can be very challenging. And, and very difficult. And so I, I honor those moms, again, uh, because they've taken on that challenge, they've taken that role. The author Ezra Benson said, how vital are mother's influence and teaching in the home and how apparent when neglected. And so whether you're a working mom or a stay-at-home mom, the teaching that you're doing there, the influence that you're making is so critically and vitally important uh, as these young ones come up and what you're instilling in them. Professional working moms or the traditional schooling moms, uh, again, have the same type of challenge in that uh, they're away, they're pressed. Nowadays, uh, society and the corporate world is pressing uh, people harder and harder, working more hours, more stress, uh, trying to get more work out of fewer people. Um, it's very, very difficult and many times over time and, and, and things come into play and it, it, it's exhausting. It's, it's difficult and then to come home and then to deal and dive into uh, homework and dinners and, and all the things that are home. Uh, the author Sharon Jane said that successful mothers are not the ones who have never struggled. Uh, they are the ones who never give up despite the struggles. And again, I think of examples right here in our, in our own church body. Professional working moms doing a fantastic job. Excellent. 
but come back and they give that dedication and they love their children and they're still building with them character and influence and, and God's principles. We have many examples of that here and I honor you this morning as well. There is no one way or the other in this environment. How God has led you and how you take that situation and what you do for your children is for you and God honors that. I think about the multiple generation moms that are represented here uh, at Abundant Life as well. As I said, we've got, we've got many generations. We've got great-grandmothers, grandmothers, moms of adult kids, moms that are, that are, that are uh, mothering teenagers, uh, moms of little ones, and we've even got some moms that are, they've got some newborns, uh, or, or at least very young. Uh, and that's a, that's a great thing for a church. It shows that the church is thriving, and it's alive, and it's ministering to, it can minister to any type of a person uh, or family that would come in. Uh, unfortunately, I, I have good friends of mine from, from uh, other churches, other faiths, uh, that have told me personally that something happened during the course of the development of their church where they've lost a lot of the young people. And uh, one friend of mine is, is a, a member of a church. He said uh, 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 that you walk into our church facility and all you see is white hair. He said, there are no young people. And he said, every once in a while, we'll get a young family that'll come in, they'll move in from out of state or something, or they'll move into the area, and and his church is their faith, and and so they go there, and they've got little ones. Well, there's no Sunday school, there's no no other families uh, that are peers to them, and they eventually leave. And he said, eventually, our church is going to die if we can't find a way to capture and keep younger families. And as a matter of fact, his wife's, her ministry at the church his funeral direction to help organize funerals and she's very busy. Uh, this, is what he, this is what he told me and I, I just remember when he was talking about the feeling so bad for him because he's, he's talking about the eventual d- demise of his church. They'll eventually close and we see that even, even here in our neighborhood. I'm, a, I'm familiar with a couple of churches that have, have, have died that way and, uh, and I look at abundant life and I think about all the generations that are represented here and any kind of a family at any level, at any status, with children, without children, professionals, traditional stay-at-homes, whatever the case may be, we have a representation here in multiples and we can minister to people who uh, are in that particular status. They can find somebody here at Abundant Life that's like them, peers that they can connect with and grow with and become a part of this great family. And I'm very, very thankful for that and I'm thankful for all of those generations. Uh, many of those that are here in those generations before me impacted me. And I, I, I can think of examples of, of ladies that are here that have been here for many years uh, who've been a mentor to me and, and have been very kind to me, prayed for me, covered my wife, my family, and I, and have been a mom to me in many ways. And very thankful for that. So we're thriving, we're growing, and we've got a great future ahead of us, and we've got a great representation of moms from all different generations. And that's something that we should celebrate and be very glad about. Uh, I think of a couple of the grandmothers that are here, uh, sweet and tender, uh, just looking out for the little ones. Their, their focus right now is, is seeing those little ones uh, come up in the Lord, receive the, the Holy Ghost, get baptized. Um, I can think of a couple ladies off the top of my head that, uh, that are still kind of grandmas and moms to me. And um, I lost my dear sweet grandmother when I was... Uh, uh, about 20, excuse me, about 37. And uh, one of the most devastating things in the world is when I, when I had to preach her funeral and say goodbye to her. 
and uh, my grandmother was a very, very special, very sweet lady. Well, I've got a couple ladies here at the church who've kind of taken her place, and, uh, and I love to just get those hugs every Sunday morning and love to say hi. I think of one particular grandma one morning. I was walking up the center aisle of church. I was having a particularly rough day. There was something going on, um, and I just, I just wasn't in a good place, and this particular grandmother stepped out of the aisle and stopped me, and she said, let me talk to you. And she spoke to me in that sweet, tender grandmother voice and encouraged me and helped me feel a whole lot better. And since then has still continued to minister to me in that way. And I'm, I'm very, very thankful for that. And, and hopefully she's listening today and she knows who she is uh, because I will never forget that. We have moms of adult kids in the house and, and that can be a challenging place as well. Adult children go through a lot go through challenges, go through problems. They have marriages of their own, children of their own, and moms of adult kids have to just kind of stand back and just love them and pray for them and cover them and do what they can. There's not a whole lot that they can do, and it must be very challenging. I'm, I'm a father of adult children, and sometimes it's difficult, but you gotta let life happen, and you gotta let them go through what they go through. And so it takes courage, it takes strength, uh, and it takes prayer. And I love those moms of our adult kids who recognize that... Uh, they just got to be faithful and let God do what he's going to do. Minister to them as best they can and help them to grow and, and share their wisdom through that process. Proverbs 22.6, many of you are very, very familiar with it. It's a great promise from the word of God. It says, start children off. I'm reading a translation. Start children off on the way that they should go. And even when they're old, they'll not turn from it. And so uh, this past year, I inaugurated a special project working with some of our our parents and, and some of our moms of, of adult children, some that have maybe not uh, attended church as much as we would have liked them to, and maybe they're struggling a little bit, they're wandering, and we're missing them. And so we have a, we have a project here, a group that prays and, and uh, uh, shares with one another uh, just for the focus of, of just covering our adult kids that are out there struggling or, or maybe just uh, wandering a little bit. And, and covering them in prayer and knowing that at some time they're going to come back. Understand that if you're the child of an adult, if you're, if you're the adult child of a mom, she's worried about you. She's thinking about you. She wants you here at church with her. She wants to know that you're going to be okay and that you're serving God. And that's a, that's a tremendous burden to bear. And so I honor those moms that are in that place that maybe have one or two or so that they're thinking of and, uh, need that support. So let's remember them as well. Finally, as I'm going to wrap up this morning, as I'm honoring all of the different moms at church here today, I just want to reflect and remind you that the church is a model for the Christian home. It's a place for the children of God to flourish. And so just like moms take care of those kids, they're the the mother hens, they take care of the chicks, uh, the church is really the mother to us all. And I brought some examples of just what the word says to show you just how God looks at the church like a mother to you and I and reflects that image and reflects that principle. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and 11 says that God cares for his people like an eagle hovering over her young. Psalm 22 and 9 says that God is concerned for his people like a midwife cares for the child she's delivered. Isaiah 49 and 15 says God will never forget his children like a mother will never forget their nursing child. 
Isaiah 66 and 13 says that God comforts his people like a nursing mother. And finally, Hosea chapter 13 and 8 says that God experiences the anger of a a mother bear who's been robbed of her cubs. So God examples this in in the ladies of our church, the ladies who know the word of God, love God, serve him faithfully, reflect that to all of us. And we should be very thankful for that. Their warm embrace, their kind hugs, their tender words, their willingness to reach out and love and appreciate your children, their own children, and the generations coming up. The author Phyllis McGinley was quoted as saying that God knows that a mother needs fortitude and courage and tolerance and flexibility and patience and firmness and nearly every other brave aspect of the human soul. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. We can stand in the house this morning. I'd like to close today with a prayer blessing for all of our moms. Wish you a very happy Mother's Day, a wonderful time with your family today. Those that may not be able to be with family today, just know that we have you in prayer. We love you and appreciate you. And uh, we're so looking for a time when we can all get back together as one big family. In Jesus' name, God, right now, Lord, I pray for a great blessing upon all the moms of our church, that you would reach out, Lord, embrace them as you know how, Lord, in peace and comfort and kindness, Lord. Let them know that they're loved, that all the things that they've done, all the things that they do, the work that they put in, the kind gestures that they make, the way that they love their children, the way that they love all of the kids of the church and their families, all of these things that they do, working hard in the professional world or working hard at home, it is recognized, it is seen, it does not go unnoticed, first and foremost by you, Lord, but also by all of us that share the bounty and the benefit of what the effect is that these moms have in binding our church together in love, in great character, in a family atmosphere. We're very thankful for them today and God, we would ask you, just bless them today. Let them feel happiness and peace, comfort and joy as we appreciate them. And we say, thank you, mom. I love you, mom. I love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have a wonderful day, God bless. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.